0: And Zach Bactol,
1: and today we have um, a friend of the podcast and an author and just all around wonderful human being, Matthew Paul Turner, back on the show with us again today to talk about his his new book, All the Colors of Christmas. Um, Matthew, thanks for being on with us. Would you remind our listeners a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and all that stuff?
2: Hello, uh, no, it's it's awesome to be back, guys. Thanks for having me, and. Um... Yeah. I am Matthew Paul Turner. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I write children's books and um, have three kids. And I just, yeah, honored to be here. And I don't know about you, but I'm really ready for Christmas. Um, I just, I, I, I'm i not even sure what, like I, although I'm, I'll, if I'm honest, I always am a little ready for Christmas because like by the time November hits, I'm like, I like to get into that kind of mood, but there does seem to be this added level of excitement and anticipation um for just kind of having that goodwill to all humans message uh in our in our in our life and so yeah so I I'm a writer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm
1: with you. That's kind of been my anticipation, uh, getting out of October into November. Right of oh, good. We're we're thinking about Christmas. We're going to be preparing for uh, through Advent, and it's going to be different this year because of everything yeah. that's going on in the world and the pandemic. And um, you know, being United Methodist, our our bishop is Bishop Karen Lo- Karen in, in our conference, and she posted the other day if we have the opportunity this year to actually fully embody the christmas story and what it means to wait and to be anxious and you know everything that comes along with it rather than rather than just that normal oh hey we're going to do advent and then we're going to have this big big loud and and vibrant christmas eve service and in reality we actually get to be in that waiting and get to be in that oh. space of of waiting cool. for hope to come and i was like oh yes you're...
2: <laughs> let's yeah. do
1: more of this
2: and i think that we've we've spent most of 2020 um waiting yeah in that way and like and i and i think that we we can't under value the idea of how many people feel alone mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. how many um people who, don't have families or don't have spouses or don't have like a built-in home community and so like going outside and going and hanging out is a risk like you know that there's there they they take a risk and then you have the the political climate that we're in um and the the social justice climate that we have uh we we are watching happen and participating in and and then we all have our own personal stories happening. Like it is, like there's so many layers to the waiting. Um, that that there's a lot of good that churches and people of faith could seek out opportunities to do this mm-hmm. Christmas, like and 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 use it as a way to engage, and 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 bring and remind us that we're waiting for that hope. Um, and so like yeah, it's been a, you know, it's it's cliche now that we make fun of 2020, but it's um it's not a cliche, like it's a it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that making light of it is a, almost a detriment to the to all the pain that people are feeling. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just I think about the the grandparents, the 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 huge number of grandparents who have not had a circle of people around them or, you know, because they're afraid that they could, you know, maybe they're high risk or like what, like there's lots of reasons. And so all of those um, layers, they all have like individuals in them and it's a big thing. And so I feel like, um, yeah, I think we need, we definitely need Christmas to remind us of that waiting that we're not the first people to go through something like this. Um, I feel like we are, that sometimes we lose sight of that, that, you know, this is, this is not the end of the world. It is, um, this isn't, you know, walking dead. Uh, This is a, um, this is real life. And it's uh, an opportunity for us to, to do good in other people's lives mm-hmm. and bring joy and, and do it in a social, you know, in, in, a, in a good way that is, you know, safe.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and I think so too. I mean, it's one, it's causing us to be creative and do, do it differently, but also be more intentional about how we prepare and celebrate for the coming of hope. Um, so I think too often we get in that rut of, oh, there's Christmas concerts and parties and school and church and this and that. And we just go through those motions waiting for that Christmas Eve service so we can hold our candle up, sing Silent Night and go open presents. Have the feels and go open gifts. Yeah, right, (laughs) (laughs) right. And yet now we have to, we intentionally have to slow down and be silent and be alone and wait for that hope to come. And I think there's something really there's a really beautiful gift in that, I think.
2: And I think it is good. I think it's really a good space for the church and people who are leading, uh, you know, group of spirituality in America to be pushed out of their comfort zone and not sit in that safe place of just doing the same exact thing. Um, I think that, you know, we, there's a chance that we look back on, this season of life that we're in, and that it, that it might grow us. And I, you know, I, you know, on the flip side of that, I hate, I hate that idea that we have to go through something so awful for so many people that, you know, to grow. But um, it is, uh, it is a time when, you know, throughout history, when communities go through tragic and uh hard seasons as a community it is it it does there are lessons and there are there are graces that appear in in the hardship of those moments and i think we've all probably like most of us have have experienced them i mean this has been a long long time i mean none of us thought that we would still be you know when this first started when I when I think about how you know our president wanted to reopen churches for Easter, <laughs> wouldn't that be great to have churches open for Easter? And and now we're all prepping for Christmas. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it's befuddling to me. Um, and so I, I I have lots of respect for you all, for, you know those those people who are leading communities and trying to keep their people safe and trying to keep their employees paid and trying to keep their committees happy, I don't even understand. Like it's just, there's a a lot. Um, well, and, no.
0: and, I, and I like the way you talk about like, you know, that we have to go through, uh, that there's a sense of growing through a great pain for growth to happen. And, and I always think of the seed. Um, and like when a seed happens, there's a lot of pain that as the seed comes out of its shell. Like, I mean, we don't imagine that being painful, but it is like, I mean, there's a separation there. And I mean, I mean, you can in, even in childbirth, sure. I mean, the childbirth. yeah, Like I mean, like, Everything that happens with growth becomes like there's pain. I mean, you know, we all grew up like you know we had those you know the the body pains of growth, and we think about like you know you just didn't have like you know as a teenager you had those you know growing pains as your body's growing like that's painful in some ways. Um, and and I think even in the middle of the season like that's where like I love that we're ending. Like I mean we're kind of in that time of Christmas of that hope and we're leaning into it a little more. And yes. We are having to do things a little bit different and creative, um, but I think there's some hope in that for the future, and that this will mean that we um, some of those things that we've been doing that either we don't like or we just like it's a tradition and you know we're gonna you know we have to do it even though nobody likes doing it maybe this will be a time to start new things that will allow us to have you know that will grow help us grow in so many different ways and 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 lean into that a little more
2: but i, I but I love how comparing it to the first story Mm -hmm. and in that waiting period of, you know, and then, and, and not, not knowing, um, man, that's a, that's a beautiful picture for where so many of us feel right now. Mm -hmm. That's where we are. And, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's been one of those years where, um, on one hand it's, awesome that I have a new book coming out. On the other hand, it's 2020. And so everything's harder Like <laughs> everything you know, releasing a, um, you know, because like the, the pandemic has affected every aspect of all of what we do and how we do it. And so, you know, going to target feels like you are performing an undercover operation where you are, you want to go in, if you, if you, God forbid, if you have a kid with you or one, of, or one of your children with you, you know, watching them and making sure they're not touching anything or licking anything, or they're wearing masks, but you know what I mean. But it, it is like making sure they have their masks on and they're they're on properly, and it's um, it's it's a challenge. I think that they're um, I think the one, and I we were talking about this before we got on is the one beautiful thing that i've noticed is how how amazing my kids have thrived like i i don't know like i have it has been harder for me to walk through some of this and to think about how it affects them than it has been for them like they you know the sibling arguments that are happening in our home right now like it is enough to drive me insane like i mean like i they have been around each other for so so many times so it's not like so much time so it's not like it's perfect i don't want to like say that i just but to know that they are that they have hope and they think about they can think about the positive things and they can see you know put us a good spin on things and and still keep their childlike spirit is a is a beautiful thing and i know that that's not true for every single household but um But I think so many of us have been able to find some hope in just watching our kids thrive, even as it is really, we find it really hard to do with it. So, so yeah, so like doing like regular normal things like releasing a book is just different than now than it was.
0: Well, I think that one of the things that we've kind of, um, at least I've noticed and witnessed as I've watched, you know, walked with parents and, you know, even myself as a parent is how much our children take in how we are. And so like you have kids that like have no problem wearing a mask or calling out like, hey, that person's not wearing a mask. And like, you know, they're saying the things that sometimes they say the things that you would like to say and they can say it because they're kids and everybody's like, oh, that's that's, you know, your parents taught you well. or Oh, my gosh, your parents are one of those. Um, and so like I, I have to admit, I've been impressed with my children and the way that they've handled this and that they definitely are reflecting the values that um, I have modeled um, which makes me feel good at times but then also I'm like oh my gosh I've really taught them to like be like super crazy about wearing
2: a mask
0: and, and I'm okay with that.
2: And you know so- what you, you haven't taught them to be super crazy about wearing a mask you've taught them to be kind to the people who are in yeah. their their circle like this isn't about like I feel like even in our in our conversations about it we think about it in a in the sense that you know it's a it's this strict thing like there are cultures around the world who live their life wearing masks because the smog is so bad, or because there's a you know a, a, a uh, an infection that they're just in their own community. And so, like we as Americans are so privileged in so many ways. This is we all of us should just embrace this a little bit of humility. Mm-hmm and so and and just in how we talk about it i just so i'm and i i'm commending you because like you are you are teaching your kids to love your neighbor and there's no like yes you're wanting to keep them safe too but in reality we're trying to keep each other safe and when i don't wear a mask it's not about me it's about all the people around me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so
1: my my favorite thing is to take my seven year old to the grocery store and just let her start pointing. Fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My older two are a little quieter about it because they've learned to have that filter and be like, "Oh, we don't say these things out loud." Uh, but my seven year old, she's like, "Mommy, can we get out of this aisle because that person's not wearing the mask and I don't want the coronavirus." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we'll say it loudly.
2: <laughs> I we a couple of times this summer we got taken. I've taken the kids to a park and we always like. Sit in the car and we look, count the people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, there's a we have we have come up with our own little ratio, and um and then my daughter pipes up. Well, we're gonna ma- wear masks anyway, Daddy. I don't want these people to think we're Trump supporters. Well, I like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> my but, my like, kids have said very that, similar
2: things. <laughs> how sad is it that we have uh, that that's what it's become? Like when we see mm-hmm. somebody that's not wearing a mask, like that is the that there is this assumption. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's, um, it's, a, it's a shame that we p- had to politicize it, that it's become right. this thing, so. Right.
1: Yeah, and it's, you know, it, it's a shame, but it's also telling that our kids pick up on that, cool. right? Because yeah. it's not an active conversation that we just constantly have in our home, Right. but it's one that they pick up on,
2: right? right? Yeah, and they're, it's, they're uh, not blind to the reality that they see yeah totally yeah. and you know we had to make a you know our 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 son oldest son was going to a private school and our the private school went back and they were they were mandating masks for certain aspects or certain mm-hmm. things but like not another so we just we had to make the really hard choice to not let him go back um and it's uh Yeah. And and so far it was like, we believe it was the right choice. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. like, you know, it, it, it isn't about, um, it's, 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 it's about us finding ways to love our love people. And to Mm -hmm. see, like, I, I don't, I, I, I don't, I certainly, you know, I was talking to my I had ther- I had counseling, but right before I got on here, so I'm in a really great state. <laughs> <laughs> but I know I, uh, it's um, I was talking to my counselor, like it's like how easy it is for me to make assumptions and project my own opinions onto somebody else, right. because they are or they aren't doing something. And I, you know, I, and that line between wanting to teach my kids how to love their neighbor well. Mm-hmm. And not judge those who are not not like how, you know, how do you do that? Like when it, when it is, when you find that the, the, the process of loving your neighbor and do, and, and how, and, and there's an actual thing that you can do that makes real sense. Um, and then you see other people don't not doing it. It's, 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 how do you, how do you fight that? How do I teach them to fight the, the, the desire to judge those people? Mm-hmm. Because I'm fighting it too, like, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I'm having to make, you know, take steps back and not, you know, because at, at the end of the day, the judgment, it's not like I'm shouting my judgment, mm-hmm. it's all internal, but that internal judgment is, is, is going to affect me as a human, my heart and so that's where I it's that that's the hard line to and how to how to do that well with your kids
1: Mm -hmm.
2: so it is and in your our kids we know all too well they'll humble
1: us really really quick right (laughs) totally (laughs) Totally. they'll do or say something you're like don't oh I do that yeah Yeah. (laughs) crap they for me exactly
2: right (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, um, and, and, and so I want to, I want to, I want to sway a little bit to talk about the book. Cause want to honor your time. Cause that kind of reminds me like uh, yesterday morning when my, when my youngest was reading it and she pointed out like she like watching her have that reality of how many colors are in Christmas. Yeah. Like I, I, I always get my, my wife definitely definitely gets all the credit for all that stuff. Like that's definitely something she helped them see or helped yeah. them understand Um, but like, it kind of leans into this a little bit, like, you know, when we provide our children tools and, and resources to like, you know, be good humans, um, you know, when we see them being a good human and they're doing it, you know, like it makes you feel good. And, um, you, have got this great book, um, all the colors of Christmas, um, got my copy here. (laughs) Um, and, uh,
2: um, you know, tell us a little bit about the book a little bit. Um, Okay. I'd love to, I, uh, the Christmas book is the, it's the first book that my publisher, um, came to me and said, Matthew, would you, would you be interested in writing a book about Christmas or, you know, a Christmas book? Um, and I had to think about it a little bit because I didn't want to be Get set into a a formula where uh instead of being inspired to create an idea, the idea is given to me, and then I'm you know doing work and so like there is that fine line that i that i that I as a writer like walk but i i I told them I said, let me think about it a little bit, let me see if I can throw some ideas together and i um I actually, the, the, there's one line, um, you know, the right before I get to the Christmas is you part, there's, it ends with this idea of us all being a color. This, um the concept that how, that we're all a unique hue of God's story and that what we do and what we, how we love and how we give all of those things color Christmas too. Um, and, but before I, I I I I honestly came up with the idea for writing um, one little line. It was God within our a baby's skin, and I sat on that line for a while. And I don't know why. I just was like, what 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 can that mean? And and then it just like wow, like what the baby's skin? It was brown. Jesus Jesus was brown. So let me could I could I do this I this this book about all the colors and what how we celebrate those colors, how we see them, how we honestly, like in some cases, we don't even realize, you know, I don't, it's not like I sit and think that, uh, you know, uh, a sleigh is normally red. I mean, I mean, I know that it is, but what other things? And so Christmas became like, there's so many colors that are um, associated with it and so many ways those colors blend in and they work in and we don't even realize it. Um, it became this really uh, fun way to kind of just like start the idea. Of Christmas is red. It's a shiny new sled. It's candy canes and toy store lanes and sprinkles on sweet bread. And it was uh, like I worked with a different rhyme scheme than I normally work with. And I took some a little like from a from a writer standpoint, I took a few risks in the sense of just like rhyme schemes. I didn't, I tried not to be so like stiff with just making sure every little thing was perfect. I wanted it to just, I wanted to create a book that helped us feel Christmas because that is what, as a kid, I remember loving Christmas, not because of the gifts, not because of like, you know, getting to put up the tree or whatever. There was a feeling that I felt and I wanted to feel it as soon as my parents would let me by like, turning on the Christmas music, sitting by the you know putting up the Christmas tree, and I, I just wanted all of that that, that's, that feeling in there. and I think that using colors was a, a really great way to reflect on all of those things that we we feel. Like I love this book because it um I wanted to capture both the newness of how we celebrate the season, but also like for there to be this, a nostalgic um, idea as well. Um, I So when I got to, you know, Christmas is red and green and gold, and I really tried hard to do yellow, but I couldn't. And then, you know, so there were lots of, there were a couple colors in there that I had to like say, you know what? There aren't enough words that, go with this and there are not not enough things that make it work um and then i you know i worried you have no idea how many times like uh, how long you when when i get to the place where i where christmas is white like i had so many friends like read this read it over with me and work with me just to make sure that i was celebrating the color and doing it well um because i knew that christmas is brown was coming (laughs) like i knew that that was the next the the next color that i was going to be you know to introduce to so like you we we had um we had cultural people like look over the book to make sure that we were really um celebrating the story well and um and because I knew that when I got to Christmas is Brown, I mean, you know, it's pine cones scattered Brown It, you know, it's candy, candy. Uh, uh, it's um, something corn and copper French horns. Um, and then, you know, it goes into this idea of like, and it's a manger soft with hay and a donkey's gentle bray. It's God within a baby's skin on a very first Christmas day. And I, when, I finally, when I finished that whole idea, I, I, it, I cried like a baby because it just um, it flies in the face of how we have often seen Jesus in our culture. And, and I think that, that how we see Jesus from the color of his skin matters and it should matter. And we should recognize that and celebrate that. Um, and so it is, um, this book, I, I, my hope is that it is, it, it you know, it, it introduces kids to all the various colors, all the different ways we can see color. Like blue was like, I, I, blue is like one of my favorites in the book because it, it means several different things. And I think this year, you know, when I, I think that for as uh, for, you know, there's a lot of us that are looking forward to Christmas. There's a lot of people that are not looking forward to Christmas. Like it's going to be a very blue Christmas for them. Like it is, Christmas is hard. And so this year, it's going to be very important for us to balance that, that anticipation and that excitement that we feel that we're kind of like getting, you know, for those of us who have children, that, you know, it's really important. Because we see how excited they are. I mean, most of it's greedy excitement at first, you know, and it, <laughs> and it gets into, you know, a little more, le- a little less greedy as it gets into it. But I mean, it's still, you know, it's hard to um, to balance those ideas of, you know, acknowledging that there's not everyone is excited about this, about Christmas, you know, it's the Christmas season, especially now because they've been they feel like they've had a really hard year. And a lot of people are suffering loss. And a lot of people are going through really difficult times. And it is okay for us to be hopeful and celebrate the season and still hold space for people who can't or don't or aren't in that same mindset. And so, you know, there are just, there's, I, I hope that people know that every little moment in the book is intentional and they feel it. And they let those little lines sink in um because it is a and then Jillian Gamble like she just really brought it is um it feels like Christmas somebody I somebody wrote a review on Amazon that just said you know I I taste Christmas I smell it I it just it has that kind of um that feel so
1: I love that. And I don't know where to, I don't know where to start (laughs) 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 because there's so much there. And that's, I I think as just adults, that we miss an opportunity, whether we have kids or not to go back and read books like this, that make us feel, that, that make us taste, that make us smell Christmas or just whatever it is, right. Whatever the subject is. and, And in this case, Christmas, um, any time any year uh, whether it's this year or next year or ten years ago you know what whatever we're feeling at the moment I think we miss the opportunity to actually go and, and feel you know maybe we read these stories to our kids or maybe we don't um, uh, but to actually let that sink in um, talking about colors and and it's one of my favorite imageries uh, there is there's a poem that uh, By one of my favorite poets, uh, Dale Fredrickson, his his little girl, you know, he talks about her, daddy, let's pick up a color and color the world. Let's pick up a crayon and color the world and I keep a box of crayons on my desk as a reminder of that, of what color are we going to pick up today and color in this world. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's and it's all of them. It's not just the ones we think are pretty, right? It's right. all of them. It's the full box, uh, and I love how you describe that. It's this full range of colors that we feel and see and taste and hear and just experience that brings this story to color, mm-hmm. to life, to everything, um, and to sit in that. To be willing to sit in those moments of of blue of grief um so that we can find joy and celebration within so that we can just be present and what hurts Mm -hmm. is okay uh because then we're better to be present when the colors are good and joyful and but we can also be present when they're not so fun and not so vibrant you know but they're there and that's what makes us human that's what makes us who we are uh is that full range of color that full range of of just being human. Yeah,
2: it is. Um, I think that it has been the, the biggest surprise for me, and I may have talked about this a little bit in the last time I was on. But is you you bring up how adults should engage like books like this or whatever. It's crazy to me to know how children books children's books affect people of all ages like there I have story after story of people who don't have kids or people who are uh, you know their kids are out of the out of their home and you know and they're walking through cancer treatment and they're reading a book that I wrote you know that for kids and they're reading it for uh, every day before they go into chemotherapy and those kinds of narratives or or stories um, I, I mean I've been blown away by that. Um, and it makes sense to me because I feel like I'm still connected to some of the stories that I read as a kid, but none of them are about God. None of them are about my faith. Like they're all the, like, you know, they're all, they're all about imaginary places and, 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 and these made up circumstances or whatever. And so it is, um, it's been a gift to maybe fill a little bit of space for somebody and, 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 and and a need for somebody to to give them words that they feel give them a little bit of hope in certain in certain moments whether they I mean I like I I didn't write I didn't write my book when God made you for somebody who was going through chemotherapy like that was not even a part of my thing I didn't write it I had another person who was a pastor who had was walking with somebody through, you know, hospice care. The woman was a hundred years old and and somehow like my book ended up on her side table and she asked the pastor to read my book before, you know, to her every day. And, and and she read it like three hours before she passed. Like, I mean, there was nothing, no, in, in no way, shape or form did I like write that book thinking that somebody would read it as they were passing on to the other side. Um, But sometimes simple, good words transcend. And that's what I hope to think that this book will do for Christmas, because I feel like we need, we need good, simple words to transcend our experience because right now we're all feeling a lot. We're all walking through the same drama, but then also we all have our individual drama. We all have our individual stories that are, you know, moving with us. Um, and so, I hope these words transcend and people see the the the, the bigger, deeper meeting and they feel like they're a part of the Christmas story. So.
0: Well, I and I think it's not only your words that do that, but I also think the the imagery that you have in the book does an amazing job at that. Um, and um, you know, when I was when I was reading through it, and I got to the um, the image the major image that you have of just mary and joseph and jesus like i was like i want to rip this out and put it on my wall because it would look so good on my wall and that's the image i want people to see like that just like um when that one came up that's the one that one in the blue one the the line about elva the blue elvis like that just like um uh it just definitely you know and it's just the, the imagery of it just like i think the imagery spoke to me almost as much as the words did just oh, because yeah. oh. it provided such such comfort but yet you in the way you end your book is very incarnational in saying that christmas is in you mm-hmm. and like i think that's the one thing i think sometimes gets missed in uh, church Christ- christmas eve services is that the incarnation came to be with us and is also in us Right. And we're called to share that light. There's a reason why we sing Silent Night with the light on, with the, with the candles being held. Um, you know, there's a reason we do that. And it's not because, like, it's a thing, it's because we're recognizing the light in us and how we can punch holes in the darkness with just our small little light. And, you know, I, I just think the way you ended this was very powerful and hopeful for things to come. Like, I just felt like, like after I read, like after I had finished that, I can, I felt like I, like the plane had landed and it, there was just this nice kind of, you know, how like you, when you land on the plane, you just feel like, ah, oh, I'm here. Like, that's how I felt when, when I finished yeah. reading the book is
2: like, it just felt right. And it felt good. Well, from a creative standpoint, <clears throat> I didn't, when I decided to make a, when I decided to make the last color, you, um, something came it made everything else make sense like it just like it was it felt like oh wow okay this brings it this makes it personal this is um this is the christmas story like you know this is at the end of the day this is this is why there is a christmas story so christmas is, can be in us and so um using that imagery to, to kind of paint a you know to end it and to bring it to it just yeah it it, it it sort of wrote itself in some to some degree um you know i had to work against being a little too cheesy at times like there's lots of things that you kind of get caught up in and but um yeah it's um it, it is a i have found it to be a beautiful gift to write books that are for kids about god um it has given me as much life as I hope it gives other people. Like it really is a, I, I, I look forward to getting to do what I do, so. I like
1: it so much. Um, and I, I think <laughs> yeah. the thing that that is the constant reminder for me because I get in my head and I get in this, I've gotta be an adult and I've gotta act this way and I've gotta do these things mm-hmm. and so often, especially pastors of, I gotta go read this deep theological book or I gotta go read so-and-so. And and I have found um, your books in particular and a few few others, oh no, we can do this here too. Mm -hmm. Um, And it may be labeled a a children's book, but by God, it's for me. Um, And these things uh, and the words and the imagery that you write and your illustrator comes up with "Impact Me," and just as much or more than some other really self-important theologian who writes books this big, who cares, right? Just say the things you need to say, and right. that's what I love about, um, about it's, what you're doing. Like about about a good poets. Song. yeah.
2: It's like, it's like we, it's it's when a song communicates something so profound in a in a in a really simple or a very clever way like a, it kind of the lights come on mm-hmm. it connects to us like we we want to hear it over like it is sometimes we do get law lo- get lost in this heady
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know um and, and 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 certainly there's necessity for that i'm not right. that. I'm just no i agree yeah there is something transcendent about simple words mm-hmm. i i will uh let you guys in on it it's not really a secret anymore, but it's a little bit of a secret. Um, we all, like, I know I know you all, you both love Rachel Held Evans. <clears throat> and Rachel, three weeks before Rachel became sick, um, the last thing that she sent off to her agent was uh, an idea for a children's book. Mm-hmm. And after she passed away, Couple months after, um, I was asked to, to finish her books, and her her book, uh, it's called What is God Like, and it comes out in, in May, and it, it 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 lends itself to the beauty that you were just talking about. Um, it's it was it's a type of writing that I doesn't rhyme. It it. I swear, like my name's on the book, but I swear when you read it, you're going to, I really believe you'll hear Rachel. Like I really do. Like there were moments in that process. i We've all been walking through our our own hard year and I've walked, I've had a really hard year. And in that journey that the one, the one bright thing was, doing this really hard thing for my friend. And it was the most beautiful gift to to sit and take Rachel's idea and um, bring it to life and to expand it. And, and, and I told Dan, that Dan's her husband. And I told Dan, I was like, I swear, there were moments when I felt like I was channeling her. <laughs> um, and But that was, it was hard. But it was the most beautiful gift in, in, amid this painful year. And so even in the process of writing what I write, it brings light to the hardships that I'm going through. It brings light. So I'm, I'm hopeful that that those little moments, that those little things that they add up and that they transcend into other people's experiences and that other people find hope. Um, but you are going to, you're going to love that book. I mean, it is a, it's, it's a profound, beautiful testament to who Rachel was. So.
1: Matthew, thank you for sharing that. Because it's such a reminder, if we're not in this alone, especially in those very just broken heart moments, um, we're not we're not in this alone. Um, whether it's the saints who have gone before us, the people surround us, uh, the Holy Spirit—call it what you will—we are not a, we're not alone. Um, and those hopeful reminders. Of we are present with one another we are present in this moment heartbroken hopeful heavy hearts however we're not we're not alone and that's such a beautiful reminder thank you thank you for sharing that
2: yeah well i guess at the end of the day that's what christmas is that's the message of christmas that we aren't alone exactly yeah <laughs> so
1: yeah in in and, and again finding my, my conviction in the last 11 months of trying to find words to say to people, you know, every six days or seven days, right, of I don't have to use so many. Mm-hmm. Um, if it takes me 2,000 words to say something on a Sunday, I've said too much. Uh, can I do it in eight? Can I say the same thing in 800 words? Can I say the same thing in five minutes that I said in 20? And it, and it, be hopeful, and it be
2: impactful, and it be what I needed to say, and leave the rest out. Well, we, How do we, we? spend so much time trying to fill in people's fill, fill in the holes for people, right. answer the questions, mm-hmm. make everything make sense. Mm-hmm. And in reality, that's not life. No, I mean that's we we don't we don't have the capability of filling in somebody else's, you know cracks or filling in you know whatever whatever broken places they they have going on mm-hmm. so sometimes it just helps to give less yeah. and resin. right um because that's 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 what brings us hope mm-hmm. that's what brings me hope when i am having a really hard day. I don't, I don't want the last thing I want is someone coming in and bringing me answers <laughs> like, or, or like judging me for feeling all the things that I'm feeling. I just telling me I they understand telling me they, they get it. They don't have all the answers I know. I mean, all of those things it is. It's like when you walk with somebody who has suffered a really deep loss of of a loved one you don't have words to say to those people but you're there anyway mm-hmm. when a friend or a person you love you you're, you're you're there and being there becomes the word it becomes the answer it becomes the the bond that fixes the cracks, because that's what they're gonna remember. They're not gonna remember what you said or what you didn't say. They're gonna remember that, yeah, you hugged me, you embraced me, you were there. So look for ways, all of us should be looking for ways to be there, whatever that means in whatever person's story. Mm
0: Matt, thank you so much uh, for your time um, and uh, sharing with us. um, We could, you know, we could record for hours, just having conversations. And um, I think, I think maybe like three or four people would enjoy the conversations we're having, (laughs) but but, um, uh, definitely um, appreciate you and the time that you've given us today to talk about your book. And of course, a a lot of other things. Um, And you can find all the colors of Christmas pretty much anywhere. You can find a book online or, you know, um, you know, if, if you've got a local bookstore in your town, pressure your local bookstore to to order it. And um,
2: and if you happen to go to Target and you hear this annoying voice of mine, it's <laughs> they're commercial. There there's going to be a commercial that's going to run through Christmas. So um, it, yeah,
1: it's my favorite thing
2: to go in Target,
1: you know, on the big screen and be like, I know that voice, where I know, <laughs> <laughs> and always. I know him but he's yeah, on the yeah. podcast <laughs> <laughs> and they're like dad we don't oh, care <laughs> okay. I know I know uh
2: L- let me have
1: my moment children
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's it. like I I literally had that that very thing with the last book I went in and I you know you have to wait through so many things when you're trying to and of course it feels like we just must we walked in at the time where it had just shown and so my kids thought we were waiting forever and they just did not care nearly as much as I wanted them to. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you know, as an adult, you look at, you're, you're looking up at the screen and people, you know, people are wondering, like, why are you standing in the children's book section, of Target,
1: mm-hmm.
2: looking up at the screen waiting? Like, it's so, yeah, no, I, but so I only get, I give myself one opportunity to do that each, each time it happens because, like, it anymore, it, it's, it's a little weird. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I will admit, when it plays and I'm in Target, mm-hmm. I will go stand under the screen and just, just wait for people <laughs> to come and get autographs. <laughs> That's amazing. But, Maybe he but. vaguely resembles them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, right.
0: So, so, Mavi, thank you for the time. Um, we're going to have a link, at least to the Amazon, um, so that way people can uh, pick up the book on Amazon. Um and, um, you know, we, you know, just encourage our, our listeners to do that, to support Matt and, and the great books so you can keep writing more books. Um, that's always a great way to, um, to do that. Um, and, and then also on our website, check out all the, the great content that we have, um, that, um, and things that we've had been going for the last year. Um, I know we didn't record last week. That's because we took a mental health break and, uh, with all everything going on, we had no words to say because we didn't know what to say um and we needed that space um and, and so um for those of you that were freaking out and texting zach or myself why we didn't have a show last week that is why we didn't have a show last week because we needed was, a mental break it was two people there wasn't <laughs> yeah. it was two people.
1: <laughs> those two people matter
0: <laughs> uh, oh, so awesome. for the bearded theologians i'm matt franks i'm zach Bechtold. thanks for checking us out first guys i want you to subscribe and like this video I put that some Push step step that thumbs up.